0: welcome to true mysteries stories of the strange and unexplained and ray i understand you're going to finish the saga of pirate island today that's right kit um as a matter of fact i'm going to pick it up right now um i basically had no tent i had no way of getting off the island that i knew of and uh, my gym bag was gone I walked down to the beach wondering if the old man that I had discovered in the chamber had indeed been the one that blasted the holes in the canoe. All the way down the trail, I tried to figure out a way to pass those holes, but when the jungle gave way to the sand, I watched with a happy heart as Guma struggled to pull the Zodiac onto the beach and out of the water. He walked up and sheepishly said that he had a message for me and handed me a rather soggy note. I unfolded the paper, and rolled my eyes, it was from Calvin Ritter, and it started off with his usual greeting. Hey Ray! The government had reversed their offer to allow him full access to Pirate Island, and now would only allow him access for a price, which he of course couldn't afford. He said he'd send a cashier's check for the $3,000 to my post office box, and there would be a plane ticket one way to Portland International Portland, Oregon, waiting for me at the airport. Well, I pocketed the note and asked Guma about the big Samoan. He had no idea who I was talking about, but told me in no uncertain terms that he was to immediately motor me off the island and that local enforcement transport would take me to the airport. <laughs> that was fine with me. I helped Guma turn the Zodiac around and push it into the surf. He took control of the aging Johnson outboard motor I turned for one last look at Pirate Island and wiped the ocean spray from my eyes, blinked until they cleared and with disbelief watched as my pirate ghost, hook eye patch and billowing pants and all, laughed and waved as he danced from one foot to the other. I tapped Guma on the shoulder and pointed. He turned and we both stared at the empty beach but i did get my 12 doubloons i flew delta to portland's pdx international from madagascar 21 hours and i was jet lagged at the same time mentally excited to smuggle the 12 gold doubloons i found on pirate island out my gym bag and change of clothes had been stolen while i was on the island which meant that i had been wearing the same clothes for about 72 hours Ah, the life of an investigative reporter. I dragged myself to long-term parking and found my 20-year-old Chevy pickup somehow comforting. I don't even remember driving the 25 miles out of Portland to Mossbray and home. Lack of traffic in my tiny hometown was a relief. I drove to the Mossbray post office and pulled a handful of bills and cashier's check from Cal Ritter for $3,000 from my post office box, and smiled all the way to the bank where I deposited the check and put 12 coins in my safe deposit box. Well, 12 doubloons. With no pending schedule for some haunted rendezvous and no clothes to jam in the washer, I shuffled into the bathroom and started the tub filling, sprinkled in some Epsom salts, and went back to the kitchen where I grabbed a beer and shed my clothes as I walked back down the hall to the bathroom where I slid into an almost-too-hot bathtub. I was beat. I'd flown to Portlock, Alaska, where I encountered Bigfoot, then flown to the Japanese island of Hokkaido, where I braved a haunted forest and schoolhouse in search of my martial arts instructor's father. I flew for 14 hours to Madagascar, where I rode in a tiny Zodiac to an island across four miles of rough water where I was mocked and laughed at by a pirate ghost. Finally, 21 hours later, I was home. By the time I ran the events of the past eight days, I really felt exhausted. Though I had no story to sell, Calvin Ritter, as good as his word, had paid me for the time on Pirate Island. I know I'd fallen asleep in the tub because I woke up sputtering. My fingers looked like prunes and goose flesh from the water that had cooled off. I pulled the plug in the drain and threw on a robe. My house was a two-bedroom affair built in the 1950s, huh? but it was paid for. I cranked up the heat when I climbed in the tub, hoping that the house would have warmed up by the time I climbed out. Well, at least the forced air had taken the chill out of most of the house. I'd also turned on the electric blanket so I wouldn't be climbing into a cold bed. Hey, I'm 65, and I don't warm up and unwind like I used to. I entered the kitchen, separated the bills, and found among them an envelope. And, Kit, that envelope was an invitation to come to a cemetery! It had to do with a hanging for a mur- of a murderer and a witch that put a curse on a town in Oregon to burn down three times, and that town has burned down twice. And the witch it was buried in a cemetery, in the old cemetery in Jacksonville, Oregon. So we got quite an adventure coming up on Tuesday. I understand you sold some books. Well, actually, I didn't sell them. I gave them away. 23 books of my thriller project Deepwater went out to 23 listeners who contacted me at kitkcrum at gmail.com said they wanted a copy. There are still a few copies left. I'm currently Friday. Uh, We'll be giving away... Uh, body parts which is a real thriller and I'll be giving you the history of body parts in the next couple of days uh, describing it for you and again it is professionally edited and narrated it's a full novel it has to do with the sale of body parts well this is Kit Crum and uh, Ray Ruckus and we're thanking you for listening be sure to listen tomorrow to find out about that witch